Welcome to Museum Life with Carol Bossert. Museums are important whether we work in them, for them, or simply love visiting them. Throughout history, people have collected things and put them on display to enjoy. But today's museums offer much more than rooms filled with stuff. They provide places to learn and share experiences with family and friends, as well as sanctuaries to unplug, rest, and refresh. On today's show, we'll discuss how museums can remain relevant and sustainable, reach out to new audiences, and remain attuned to cultural and technological trends. Now, here's your host, Carol Bossert. Welcome to the show today. This is Carol Bossert, and I am thrilled to be able to bring uh, to you today an individual that I was fortunate enough to meet uh, this past spring at the American Alliance of Museums Conference. Uh, One of the things that I I truly appreciate about AAM is uh, the hard work they are doing on reaching out to international audiences and international museum leaders and and uh, providing opportunities for them to come to the United States and participate in our statewide or our national conference. Uh, because, of course, as we know, as the globe is shrinking, so is the museum community, and we are becoming a global museum society. So I have with us today uh, Sosan Dalak, who is the director of the Children's Museum in Jordan, a leading museum both in Jordan and the Arab region. And Sosan has also recently been elected the president of the North African and Middle East Science Center Network called NAMES. And so today, Sosan and I are going to be talking both about the wonderful work that she's doing in Jordan, as well as the work that she's doing in Names. Now, Sasan, uh, not surprisingly, is in Jordan, and I am in Washington, D.C. And while we all get very used to and complacent with uh, the perfectness of our technological communications, uh, it is going over wires and wireless over literally thousands of miles. So you may, in this program, find a few delays in our correspondence just like CBS News uh, and but this is an important uh, program and Sasan has so many very important things to share with us I am going to beg your indulgence today as we uh, do our best to communicate over the thousands of miles uh, Sasan welcome to the show today it is a delight to have you with us Thank you very much, Carol. I'm delighted to be with you. Thank you. Sawsan, could you please share a little bit about your career history? How did you come to get the job that you have today? Well, that, that's a very good question because I have to give you some background if you bear with me. The problem is with the Middle East in general is that the whole museum sector or field, in a sense, is extremely um, it's been emerging. So it's not like we have so many museums and therefore we don't have museum experts. So I kind of stumbled into this. My background is more in development. This is what I, uh, I was lucky enough to study that. And um, I worked in development. I worked a bit in private sector. And slowly I found my niche in working in um, education for development. And that's specifically how I came about this. So I was working in education. And, of course, our museum is a non-profit organization that's aiming to provide important learning to children of Georgia. And, basically, this is how I came about to be working. Oh, I was lucky enough to start working at the museum about four years ago. Before that, I worked at um, the Ministry of ICT in Jordan, And it was really a non-technical position where I was responsible for education. Edu- while bettering education in our schools and universities and linking technology with them. So that's kind of, you know, how this came about. So is this the uh, first museum in, uh, one of the first museums created in Jordan? Well, yeah, it's... um, Let's see how, it's not one of the first museums, but however, the museums we've always had were, were, were always very small places that were run 
by the government. So they were not proactive museums. So they were just there. Um, um, they, you know, go back about a century ago to what you think museums were like in the United States and how this is how what were they like. We don't really have a museum culture, and we don't have people saying, you know, today is my weekend, I want to spend it in a museum, uh, or, or go to that or this museum. So we're also creating a culture. Uh, after a museum, there have been about two, we have now the National Museum, which opened about a year and a half ago, which is really great, you know, because we needed that. We have an automobile museum that hosts... Uh, uh, the cars and uncles of the late King Hussein, and we have a tank museum coming in soon. So we have a few museums, but it, it, it's all emerging, right? You know, it's the end of the last few years, so it's picking up. We're getting there. Yes, you and I had an opportunity to speak when you were uh, when we were both in Atlanta at AAM about the excitement and the challenges of working in a in a in a country that is just beginning to create its own museum culture, and we'll have an opportunity to talk about that right. in uh, in a few minutes. But uh, right now, why don't you share with us uh, a little? bit about the Children's, Mu- Children's Museum of Jordan, about uh, when and how it was created. All right, and well, our museum was created about eight years ago, specifically in 2007, and it was an initiative by Queen Rania, so we one of her non-profit uh, organizations, and her objective at the time uh, was basically bring an opportunity she saw how children in the United States and Europe had the opportunity to go to children's museums and benefit from the informal learning experience. And she wanted to have something like, he, like that here in Jordan. And I must say, it's not only the first in Jordan, the first children's museum, but it's also one of the first in the region. There was only one before us, and that was in Dubai. But other than that, um, we're pioneering a whole thing. So we've got also, there's all, all this confusion about... But what does the children's museum do? Because museums are traditional about collections and about artifacts, and so people are finding it hard to link a children's museum and informal learning together. So we're also doing that. And um, our, basically our objective is <coughs> excuse me, to nurture a generation of children to provide them with a space uh, for uh, exploration, learning to play, um, like many children's museums, we have um, several exhibits. We have 150 exhibits. Uh, they tackle different topics. Link some of most of them are linked to the curricula that they take in school, so they can actually be like a big science lab for them. We also focus a lot on role play, uh, um, imagination. We make sure that we have enough of those spaces for children. We have. Um, we've also made it our mission to focus on. Um, uh, early childhood uh, development, so we have spaces for the younger ones, the under five, the toddlers. Uh, we also provide a lot of programs uh, in sciences, art, culture, a bit of everything to make sure it's, it's kind of a mission to, to fill in the gaps that don't exist in Georgia. So we're trying to do a lot of everything. That's uh, that's completely understandable. Um, so now, obviously, children come to the museum, but but who brings the children? Is it more teachers or are parents bringing their children? Uh, well, the good news is it's it's, uh, it's both. Um, and um, when we talk with colleagues working at children's museums in the U.S., uh, we, we realize that it's, it's kind of the same model everywhere, and that's a relief. Uh, uh, we have uh, uh, school trips, schools visiting us um, uh, in the morning, and we have families visiting us in the afternoon and on weekends. Uh, uh, so, and, and in the summer, it's more families, of course, but a few of the summer camps going on, they also visit us. We target the age groups from 1 to 12. So that's a lot of children. We, we're also lucky enough that we, we have children from all backgrounds, uh, all economic backgrounds, uh, uh, public schools as well as private schools. 
there's a huge demand. Last year, we received a quarter of a million visitors, which is huge. Uh, but we, we, we're, we're very excited that we hit that number, and we're aiming to exceed it this year. Wow, that's that's fabulous. Uh, and and I'm wondering, though, I, I've heard... Um, in other areas of the Middle East, that uh, that it is is challenging to get parents to understand the importance of the children's museum. Uh, was that a challenge for you as well? Right. Uh, definitely. Um, other than um, the mere fact that there was a lack of understanding of what a children's museum, and in fact, for the longest time, it was a bit scary for people. So. You know, when, when people are listening, when they don't understand something, when they hear about it, they avoid it. So it's just a while. Um, we, we, we have to do a lot of TV coverage with that and the media. We're lucky because we're an NGO, also we get a lot of support from the media in time. Um, they try to give us as much exposure as possible. And the whole point of it is for people to know what it means for that step one, to be a children's museum. And then... Um, once they come, it's the interaction. It takes it, it takes them time. Of course, it's a huge space. It's big, so it's kind of overwhelming. And I, I must stress that again, we are a developing country. Not a lot of people get to travel, and not a lot of people are exposed to what's going on. So for them, the initial reaction is, "Whoa, this is so overwhelming." And one of the uh, one of the compliments that uh, that was a bit scary at the beginning was we loved the museum so much, we liked it so much, we, we didn't feel like we were in Jordan. And that kind of made us wake up and that, no, 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 we want you to enjoy the museum, but we also want you to feel like you are in Jordan. So we started adding more Jordanian components, um, even in graphics and aesthetics, we tried to make denying things as much as possible so that people feel it's relevant. It's important that they feel it's relevant. And certainly, luckily, the feedback has been excellent. It's, you know, all that we're doing is very subtle. It takes a long time for us to feel that we're making a difference, that we are, and we're getting great feedback from parents and school teachers alike. And, of course, children are big as hard. So the children are happy, and that's, and that's the best thing. That's wonderful. Thank you. Uh, those are very good points to make. And uh, before we continue, I'm going to take our break. And when we come back more with Sasan Dalak, we're going to be talking about uh, the work that uh, the museum has been doing to uh, reach out to refugees, as well as how those of us in the United States and Europe can uh, be better informed on how to assist uh, museums in the Middle East uh, reach their own dreams of creating their own museum cultures. So please stay tuned. I appreciate your patience. This is an important interview. Uh, We will be back in a moment. This is Carol Bossert for Museum Life. Please stay tuned. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Carol Bossert established CB Services LLC because she believes in the societal value of museums. Exhibitions are a primary way that museums deliver this value, providing places for exploration, renewal, and conversation. Good exhibitions begin with good content. And at CB Services, we are all about the content. CB Services helps organizations identify, shape, and document the ideas and stories that form the foundation of a successful exhibit. We provide tools that help our clients make good decisions throughout the exhibition development process and get the most out of collaborations with architects and exhibit designers. CB Services offers half-day and day-long workshops to get staff, boards, and communities ready for an exhibition project. Call today to schedule a workshop. CB Services also offers a one-hour free consultation to organizations no matter where they are in the exhibition development process. Visit carolbossertservices.com. Reach out to Carol through Twitter or LinkedIn or call her directly at 240-432-7712. 
Are you ready for an anything-goes, hour-long foray into politics, pop culture, and societal tribulations? Then look no further than Between the Synapse with host Mark Tobin. Each show features nationally or internationally prominent guests discussing topics that go beyond the usual daily news, sometimes even way beyond. It's a weekly fast-paced hour that you won't want to miss. Call in to join the party. Between the Synapse airs live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned into Museum Life with Carol Bossert. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to carol.bossert at verizon.net. Now, back to Museum Life. Welcome back. This is Carol Bossert, and today I am talking with Sosan Dalak, who is the director of the Children's Museum of Jordan. And if you are just tuning in, uh, please remember that Sosan is in Jordan, and so there is a bit of an audio delay, but it is well worth your patience to uh, to listen to what Sosan has to say. And this next question, Sosan, is again something that you and I talked a little bit about when you and I were both in Atlanta at uh, last year's AAM conference, and that is uh, your museum is reaching out to all members of its community, including the uh, large number of refugees that are coming into, finding their way into Jordan because of the uh, civil unrest in countries around you. Uh, So how, can you share with us a little bit about how you have reached out to that audience and made the museum a safe place for all. Well, thank you, Karen. Well, actually, that is very important, um, being um, an NGO that is critical for us, that we're not an entity that's only available for the people who can afford it, so to say. So one of the things we have done is that... Um, our admission fees are heavily subsidized to start with, but even in a country like Jordan, those tickets can be very expensive. Sometimes we have a family of six or eight. Um, unfortunately, we cannot even imagine to afford uh, uh, the admission fees. So uh, we come up with several platforms. We have a Museum for All initiative that started five years ago. And that Museum for All initiative includes Free admission for public schools, free admission for orphanages, free admission um, for uh, the Palestinian refugees uh, schools, which were established a long time ago in Jordan under the umbrella of the United Nations here. Um, and they set up in plans. So they all come out and enjoy the museum for free. We also have a free open day every first Friday of every month. So that's um, 12 open days a year. And no questions asked whatsoever. Anyone can come in and enjoy our museum. Uh, but even then, that was not enough because even though Jordan is a small country, transportation between the cities can be very expensive. So we had um, a lot of comments of uh, people saying that, you know, my son was offered to come to the museum on a school trip, but I know it's free, but we couldn't afford the transportation, for example. And that made us realized that, okay, if they can't teach us, we have to reach them. So we set up a mobile museum in 2012 that was a huge success. And we've been touring Jordan over and over again. And the demand has been amazing, the interaction of children. And the mobile museum is basically, a lot of people think it's a van um, that children go into. And we, we didn't think that was enough. So what we did is that the van only carries our our science kits, our exhibits, and um, and the team. And the rest is that we set up in a huge gym or a theater, anywhere that can take us. That, that is a large hall, basically. And we create a mini museum for children, and we stay for about a week in every location, and then we move on again. And there's a huge 
an amazing, amazing team working behind the scenes of mobile using and they're doing a great job. We're also, uh, we've been feeling very guilty that the thing is we've been receiving a lot of refugees because refugees from Iraq and Syria are our neighbors. They live, um, they live around us. Uh, they're, they're part of our community now. Um, so they visit the museum and they benefit from the platforms that I mentioned to you. But some of them, the ones who are living in refugee camps, unfortunately are not allowed to leave the camps. And, and I don't know for anyone who's been following um, the news, uh, they would know that these camps are really huge, big camps. They have thousands and thousands, over 200,000 people are living in exactly camps right now. And that's, that's a lot of families and a lot of people. And those cannot leave the camps. So we're setting up um, uh, a new project right now called Beyond Museum Walls. I, I, I didn't get a chance to tell you about it when we met in Atlanta. And we're very excited about this project because it's going to target us going specifically into camps, training teachers in the camps, and also conducting science experiments, um, have many exhibits, doing art, doing um, the occasional play, puppet shows, whatever we can do for for those children um, to bring interactive learning to them. So basically, we're trying to do as much as possible. I don't think it's ever enough in a country like Jordan. Whatever we do, we will still need more. But we're very proud that over 50% of our visitors benefit from our free platforms. Um, and that's, that's a huge ratio. So Museum for All is doing really, really well. And that 50% is not even including the mobile museum. It exceeds 50% when we add the mobile museum in. So I hope in a new time we can, we can talk again and I can tell you we launched the museum more than right now and that's inside the refugee camp as well. That would be the, the last thing of it. I, you know, Sasan, that, uh, that was, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I, obvi- no, obviously we didn't have a chance to talk about uh, the museum being able to, uh, well, committing itself to go into these, these uh, amazing refugee camps. Uh, it is, uh, we do hear, hear about it on the news, but it is uh, so far away, and uh, I have never experienced Anything mm-hmm. like that, it is very difficult to even comprehend uh, what what that experience and what that environment must be like for those those children, and for you to be able to go in and uh, commit uh, commit to go into what are probably very challenging conditions and uh, give children a few opportunities to be children. Uh, is is absolutely admirable, and it is something that we talk about uh, here in the U.S. about museums really uh, going out and uh, and reaching the communities uh, where the communities are. And here you are doing it under some of the most challenging uh, conditions in the world. You are to be uh, uh, greatly uh, rewarded, and uh, uh, you, I I just can't. Uh, I'm speechless uh, when I think about what that really, really must must be like. So thank you for for sharing that. Um, I'd I'd like to shift gears a little bit. Yes, I'd like to shift gears a little bit and talk. Um, there are, as as you know, uh, I and and many of my colleagues are being asked to uh, come and work in the Middle East. Uh, I'm doing work in Saudi Arabia. Uh, I have other colleagues uh, working in other parts of the Middle East uh, to help uh, develop museums, but. It's it is very very uh, challenging uh, to take what we know here in the U.S. and translate it uh, into a different culture. Can you help us understand um, what we as Westerners need to understand about Middle Eastern cultures, and that might help us do a better job in uh, creating uh, museums? No. Thank you for actually asking that question. I think that's, that's really, really important. Uh, I think when it comes down to it, uh, you find that um, most Middle Easterners are very simple people. And I don't mean simple in being back, backward or something like that. I mean simple as in 
<coughs> they're really good people and they're friendly. But I think the first part is taking away all the stereotypical images that people usually and the cliches that people have and um, and being overly suspicious or overly worried uh, about Middle Eastern people and working with them. So that's that's step one. It's just letting go of all inhibitions and just taking it easy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot simpler than that. Um, sometimes I realize that the language barrier could be a problem, but, you know, like anywhere you go in the world, you could go to Vietnam or you could go um, uh, to Ukraine, anywhere, and you find that people are eager to know someone from a different culture, to ask them questions, and even if it's in fine language sometimes, when, when the language is a barrier, it's Usually people are eager, and we're no different than that. So that's, that's, that's the first thing I would advise for. The other thing is that for a lot of people coming into this part of the world and as professionals and as consultants, it's very important not to just, you know, design something that looks so wild and fascinating, but it looks like it belongs to the United States or it belongs somewhere really fancy in Europe. And, and, and localize it. I think localizing the content, localizing the, 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 the graphics and everything. And this is when I go back to my earlier comment about the, you know, the compliment that we used to get, that the movie is so amazing and it doesn't feel like we are in Jordan. And that's what happened when the museum was originally set up. It was, it was, it was like, you know, you just did something for, for another country and built it and put it on this piece of land here in Jordan with its exhibits and colors and everything. And that's brilliant because we really want to expose children to different things and we want to bring a different world to them. But how is it that the trick is to localizing it and making it culturally relevant? It could be that might not apply here in Jordan, but it could be that people prefer to say on um, in a comfortable setting on the floor, so maybe areas for that rather than just formal chairs. It could be um, adding things, backdrops of uh, of scenery in, in in the country that we're working at. So we've done that in an area in um, in our museum where we have a huge backdrop backdrop from a nature reserve in Jordan that's very famous called Azun. It makes it relevant. It makes it close to the heart, and it makes it more acceptable by the people. It could be simple things like um, uh, um, an archaeology dig, which we also have at the museum, but rather than make it look like an archaeology dig that exists, I don't know, somewhere else in the world, make it look like, you know, it, 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 it was taken from a place here in Jordan, or whether you're in Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Morocco, it doesn't matter. And make it look relevant. So just, just simple tweaking, simple things here and there for localizing con- content would make a huge difference. That, that would be the best advice I give anyone. Just make it culturally relevant, even if it is about science. It doesn't matter. Just make it relevant. That's uh, that. That is excellent, and I certainly uh, had never thought about it before. But that having places where people can sit on the ground and be comfortable, uh, as they they often do in their homes on on uh, lovely plush rugs and and uh, uh, with with uh, pillows. That's certainly how I have eaten meals in uh, uh, when I've been uh, in the Middle East. Uh, it makes perfect sense that that is also. How one might want to uh, create an environment, uh, an environment within the museum, uh, to make everyone feel comfortable mm-hmm. and hospitable and at home. That's that's a great, great suggestion, and I'm right. I'm sure there are many more. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm I'm wondering is is it possible, uh, one of the things of course uh, that we do here in the U.S. quite a bit, um, not as much as we should, but we try and and uh, have focus groups, uh, bring in uh, people who represent uh, um, uh, the community and talk with them about what they would like to see in the museum, uh, how they would like to uh, interact with the museum. Is that uh, a possibility with, uh, within, in Jordan or in some of these other uh, uh, Middle Eastern cultures? Would that be an acceptable uh, 
suggestion to make? Oh, definitely. And I think people would appreciate that. Um, I think we've noticed how at AAM we've seen more and more sessions um, uh, 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 every year about community engagement. And it's, it's, it's the same everywhere. Uh, we've seen that community engagement works really well in Latin America. We've seen it work in the United States. So I think, yes, bring in the community. And the thing is, we can listen. We don't have, it's impossible to apply every comment that we get in those, let's call them focus groups or sessions, uh, whatever you want to call them. But I'm, I'm sure that whatever we hear in those sessions are not everything is applicable, not everything is relevant, but not serious. Uh, sometimes people come up with great ideas. One of the things, we, we, we had a great experience. We, were, we, we received uh, a grant um, a couple of years ago from the USAID in Jordan from a program. One of the programs is about water and energy, and Jordan faces a lot of problems with both water and energy. With, I think we're the third poorest country when it comes to water, and all the energy will not annoy the rich country or anything, and all our energy, our oil, um, our gas are imported. And we're facing these challenges. So this USAID program wanted to start awareness, and naturally they came to us and they said, how about we build a whole exhibition of the Children's Museum Jordan um, to raise awareness about water and energy. And um, that was the best experience we've had because basically they... They gave us the technical information, like um, the statistics, how bad it is. And then our job was to work with um, exhibit designers, and the company um, um, uh, that worked on um, this exhibit was um, in the United States. And they were, they were amazing because we had several sessions before even putting attention to the paper and starting any drawings and exhibit design. By just talking it out and bringing in people from the community, USAID had um, the, the design team go to communities, to other cities outside Amman, see the water and energy situation first thing. So there was a lot of work of gathering information, gathering information, and then we had brainstorming sessions. Okay, from all of these, this information, what can we put in this exhibition that would be culturally relevant, that would not be doing and doing? And that would make children feel like, yes, I want to make a change and I want to save this water and energy. And I can't tell you how, how wonderful the exhibit turned out to be. It's a huge space. It's amazing. We've had great feedback. There are a lot of teachers who give that space now to bring their children, um, their school children to that, that space, uh, to think about water and energy. So it's all possible and it's all started with those sessions that you mentioned, Carol. You just that's a wonderful uh, example, and it sounds to me that all of us who are working uh, well in the Middle East or, or any place in the world can take some very good uh, lessons from, uh, from the U.S. Uh, ID and uh, experiences that you've had, and it sounds as if it was a, a true and uh, thoughtful collaboration, uh, and that, of course, included uh, uh, professional professional exhibit designers, but included uh, the local community, and that's what, what uh, made it so very, um, very successful. We are going to take a second break, and when we come back, uh, Saul San, as I mentioned before, is also the president of the North Africa and Middle East Science Centers Network, and uh, she's going to share with us some of their very important and interesting activities that they are doing to both raise awareness of science centers and also uh, support uh, the development of science centers and science centers science center professionals uh, in this part of the world so please stay tuned thank you for your patience uh, as we as I have this wonderful and uh, uh, opportunity to share Sausan's uh, experiences with uh, the museum life uh, community so please stay tuned we will be back in a moment this is Carol Bossert for Museum Life Streaming live. 
the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Carol Bossert established CB Services LLC because she believes in the societal value of museums. Exhibitions are a primary way that museums deliver this value, providing places for exploration, renewal, and conversation. Good exhibitions begin with good content. And at CB Services, we are all about the content. CB Services helps organizations identify, shape, and document the ideas and stories that form the foundation of a successful exhibit. We provide tools that help our clients make good decisions throughout the exhibition development process and get the most out of collaborations with architects and exhibit designers. CB Services offers half-day and day-long workshops to get staff, boards, and communities ready for an exhibition project. Call today to schedule a workshop. CB Services also offers a one-hour free consultation to organizations no matter where they are in the exhibition development process. Visit carolbossertservices.com. Reach out to Carol through Twitter or LinkedIn or call her directly at 240-432-7712. Up Close with Chris Tinney is now on Voice America Variety. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Chris brings you the thought leaders, activists, and socially responsible entrepreneurs taking action for the environment, doing business in a new way, and helping the underprivileged. Call in or listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and learn how the small decisions you make today have a big impact on our small planet in the future. Tune in to Up Close with Chris Tinney on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned into Museum Life with Carol Bosser. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to carol.bossert at verizon.net. Now, back to Museum Life. Welcome back. This is Carol Bossert, and I'm here with Saw Sandelik, who is the director of the Children's Museum of Jordan and also the president of NAMES, the North Africa and Middle East Science Center Network. Before we went on break, uh, Sasan was sharing with us uh, not only some of the amazing work that the Children's Museum in Jordan has been doing in reaching a breadth of its communities, including uh, taking on the challenge of uh, working with the huge refugee communities that are coming in from uh, Iran and uh, Iraq and Syria uh, into Jordan. She also shared with us some amazing amazingly thoughtful comments about uh, the the importance of using uh, uh, Westerners and our knowledge of uh, museum exhibition development and museums overall, but how that needs to be done in collaboration with uh, members of the local community so that it doesn't look as if it is someplace uh, where people come in and think that they have all, all of a sudden uh, come into something that is not a part of their community but, but is in fact uh, a, a, a very reflective of the community in which they live. And so, Sasan, um, let's talk a little bit about the North Africa and Middle East Science Center Network. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this organization mm-hmm. and how long has it been in, ex- in existence? Well, it has been in existence for eight years now. Um, it was started by this wonderful, wonderful lady and, um, who, who is... Uh, uh, a director at uh, the um, sorry at the Library of Alexandria. Now the library also has a planetarium and a discovery center. And they thought um, this lady started this idea by thinking, 
you know, we need something that brings together the science centers and museums of this part of the world and um, have us act together, work together, collaborate, share ideas. And that's how it started. We still, you know, as you know, Carol, there are not a lot of museums in this region. So there are very few of us right now. We're just under a thousand all together as members. Of, we're, we're hoping to break barriers. Um, we meet every two years at a, um, at a conference that we, uh, that is hosted by the network. Uh, we exchange ideas. Uh, we're bringing in uh, more members on board. Uh, and we're hoping to launch traveling exhibits between us. Uh, uh, we're hoping uh, to uh, at least do capacity building among us. Now, I, uh, 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 the Science Center at the Library of Alexandria has actually developed exhibits in-house, so we're hoping to learn from them. They're hoping to learn from us when it comes to programming for children. I think each of us can, can really deliver something. We're also working a lot with um, international museums and uh, consultants who come in and attend our conference and who share ideas with us. Or sometimes they just want to promote their services. Uh, or, you know, it, it, it said, and they're on basically and say, you know, we're here and, um, um, and pick up on, uh, on a partnership in this part of the world. So there's a lot of exchange of ideas, which is really amazing. And... Um, it's picking up slowly, uh, but you know, definitely we're on the right track. Hopefully, I'm very excited about names. Wonderful, and uh, and it's good to know that the organization uh, is in existence. Uh, I'm assuming that anyone listening to this program, uh, if they are interested in uh, becoming more involved, could contact you. Yes, please. Yes. They can Google us and they'll find us easily. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, now, I know that there is an upcoming Euro-Mediterranean and Middle East Summer School for Science Communication uh, taking place actually uh, next month, I believe. Could you uh, give us some information about yes. that? Yeah, that's one of the amazing programs that means has started and it's um it's uh, in collaboration with Excite, which is the Science uh, uh, Museums and Discovery Centers Network of Europe. So, um, and uh, well, there's a general um, uh, on a state level, there's a Euro-Mediterranean partnership. Uh, so, in, in that spirit, any um, summer school came about, and it's it's a five-day-long summer school for uh, for museum professionals, and we're talking about. Um, the people who are next in line um, um, here to who, who want to build their capacity. And, you know, the thing is, as emerging museums, we don't have that budget for travel. And, of course, not to mention um, how far it is to keep attending conferences in the U.S. and in Europe all the time. So what this summer school is doing is basically bringing in the experts to our parts of the world, or at least to southern Europe, where it is closer for us, it's a lot less expensive to send in, like our children's museum, it's sending four people, because, because honestly, it is economically very feasible, and they get this amazing training, um, and through several workshops, it's all hands-on, and um, from experts, from people who have been in the field for years and years, so it can't get better than this. Um, um, I'll be delivering one of the sessions about exhibits in, um, in children's museums, but there are also some of the amazing colleagues working in the um, science centers in Europe who will be delivering great workshops. And we have about 50 people already registered from both Europe and the Middle East, but more than, uh, sorry, more than 90% of them are from the Middle East, so that's really great. That's um, that's wonderful. So, what can participants expect uh, in uh, when they attend the workshop? Well, they can actually expect hands-on knowledge and learning, and less lecturing. So, it's less. It won't feel like going to a conference, for example. It's very much going to be. Uh, a lot of workshops in different fields, and, um, and, and there are different sessions going on. Um, as I said, some are about exhibits, some are about content. Uh, uh, some of them are about actually what we spoke about earlier, making things actually relevant. 
Uh, and so it's, it's all about these different kinds of uh, segments. We try to diversify it as, as much as possible. We actually added uh, marketing and communication uh, to ensure that you know, there's something for everyone. So people like me, even um, I as a director, will benefit a lot from attending because none of us, as I said right at the beginning of, of, of our uh, interview, that um, none of us have come from years of experience in museums uh, because they simply don't exist, exist here in this part of the world. So we're all picking up this information. We're all learning as we go. And it, it, it's just great to be with um, other people like us who, who have acquired the experience. And, and I think, you know, just like what you said, we, we're both going to benefit from this experience. We're both going to be talking to each other. Those who have several years of experience and people like me who, who have just started in this field, relatively speaking. So we're talking about strategic planning, business models, marketing and communications, designing exhibits, uh, uh, traveling exhibits, uh, um, one of the sessions, one of my favorites is entertaining between science, nature, and sustainability in exhibit design. Um, uh, so it's a bit of, a bit of everything. It sounds to me, then, that this is an opportunity that would benefit anyone who is in any type of museum uh, in the Middle East uh, to collaborate and uh, network with, uh, with colleagues in, in the region, as well as anyone who is thinking about creating a museum uh, or science center or children's museum mm-hmm. in that part of the world. Oh, definitely. I think this would be a wonderful opportunity, and it would be a best, best, a great opportunity for anyone thinking of that to just contact us. We would be, we would be more than willing to help and to offer information, as well as you know, collaborate. The beauty of working in the museum field is that people are really willing to collaborate. It's for the, you know, it's like it's for the better good of everyone. So no one is after this. To, to make loads of money or anything like that. It's true collaboration, and I love that, and I think we should build on it as much as possible. Yes, I, I agree with you uh, uh, completely. It... Um it seems, I think it's wonderful that you are collaborating in a larger sense with Excite. Uh, I had uh, Walter Stavlos uh, from the um, Association of Science and Technology Centers here in Washington on the show last week. Walter reminded me that he came to Aztec uh, through being the director of Excite. Uh, and so I am sure that he too would be very pleased to help publicize uh, name events, Walter. I'm putting you on the spot, but I know that you don't mind. Uh, I think that this is—it is so very, very important uh, that we uh, start collaborating uh, more successfully. That also is something that AAM mm-hmm. is doing uh, so much uh, as as well. Uh, Sasa, we have just a couple more minutes on the show today. Uh, if there is one piece of advice that uh, or one piece of information that you would like to give to uh, others in um, uh, in the world about working with Middle Eastern museums, what would that be? Well, thank you, Carol. Uh, well, that's a big one. But I think, again, I go back to um, uh, let go of cliches about the Middle East. Uh, not everything is reflective <laughs> <laughs> of the majority of the people um, and the societies that we, we live in. They're very normal people. That's one. And the other thing is, do talk to us. Uh, uh, do not um, pick up a line or send a need to people, uh, to, to us, existing mediums. And um, see if we can help you in any way. We're more than glad to help. And uh, some of us have already prepared amazing content in Arabic uh, that's, again, culturally relevant. It just keeps, you know, uh, one of the things is that we don't create spaces that are inviting. And sometimes we can animate more people if you make something too sophisticated or too... 
uh, you know, even if the budget allows it, and I know in a lot of countries in the Middle East, there is a huge budget to bring amazing places, but again, we need to go down to, to, to people's levels and be relevant and um, be inviting. So I, I would just keep that in mind. Um, even if you don't work with the community, just make it culturally relevant and um, don't alienate people from you. Thank you. I could not have said it better, Sasan. And uh, I look forward to watching both the Children's Museum of, of Jordan grow uh, because it will. I, it is clearly a leader in the uh, area through under your leadership. And I will be watching names very closely as well and look forward to the opportunity where I might uh, to a time where I might be able to to join you at this very important conference. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show today and uh, dealing with the technical difficulties. This was incredibly important uh, to have this conversation and for all of us uh, listening to Museum Life to hear your perspective. Thank you for being on the show. I cannot thank you enough, Carol. You know, talking to you is amazing, and I really appreciate what you're doing, and the show is amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, and we will be back next week with another edition of Museum Life. Uh, we are continuing uh, with our series of, of highlighting international museums, and so next week we are going to China. Uh, be sure to join me, and uh, always I love to hear from all of you out there letting me know what you think about the show, what we need to be talking about. So please continue to reach out to me at carol.com. Bossert uh, at Verizon.net or on Twitter at, at MuseWrite. We will be back next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This is Carol Bossert for Museum Life. Thank you for tuning in this week to Museum Life. Please join your host, Carol Bossert, again next Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What museum issue is on your mind? Tell Carol at carol.bossert at verizon.net. <laughs>